0: Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. The Bible is the single most important book in history. It is the very words of God put on paper. In this podcast, we will walk through the pages of His Word as we seek to understand His message to us. In Isaiah 55:11, God says, My word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper where I send it. As we study His Word, He will accomplish within us what He desires. That is our prayer. That is the journey. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to another episode of Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. We've been going through the book of Ephesians, And this latter half, where we started in the beginning of chapter 4, Paul is giving us practical points on how to walk out this Christian life. And that's exactly what we're going to find today as we go through uh, all of chapter 5 and the first part of chapter 6. I encourage you, if Journey Through the Bible is something that you enjoy listening to, to share it with your friends, share it on your social media, because I truly do believe that the Word of God is true. And just as we state that verse in the intro, when God's Word goes forth, it will not return void. It goes forth and it will accomplish the purpose with which God purposes it to do. You can find us on revival-america.com. That is the internet home for Journey Through the Bible. There you can find this podcast and other revival-related material. Something you may not know, if you go up onto revival-america.com and go to the Journey Through the Bible homepage, you can actually download a note sheet for this study through Ephesians, um, all the way from the very beginning of Ephesians uh, through the end. You can download that and follow along in that if you uh, so desire to do so. Being that it is a lengthy uh, bit of reading, we're going to break up the reading as I walk through just the different sections that Paul presents us here in chapter 5. He gives us different ways in which he wants us to walk. We've talked about walking in unity, and that's a major theme of this latter half of Ephesians. And here he kind of walks through further steps, further practical ways that we can walk in unity, and walk in harmony. We see in verse 1 through 8 of chapter 5, he tells us to walk in love. In verse 7 through 14, he tells us to walk in light. In verse 15 through 21, he tells us to walk in wisdom. And in verse 21 of chapter 5 through, the, through verse 9 of chapter 6, he tells us to walk in submission. So that's how we're going to break this discussion up today. So let's go ahead and read the first eight verses of chapter 5 as we talk about walking in love. Therefore be imitators of God, Paul says, as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, and we can see him beginning to transition to the next part there. But he tells us, he opens, opens up chapter 5 by telling us to be imitators of God. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And I love how he frames this: be imitators of God as beloved children. I have four kids, and and one of the things, particularly when they're they're younger, my youngest is three. You know, when they want to do something just like daddy, right? If I if I do something, if I say something, or or something like that, and and they want to copy me, and they want to say it just like I do, or they want to do it just like I do, it it. it it's enjoyable to watch. It's, it often brings joy. Sometimes it brings laughter, depending on, on what kind of thing we're talking about. right? But that, that, is the, that is the imagery that Paul is giving us here at the beginning of chapter 5. He says, hey, you, just, just as little children like to imitate their parents, just as little children look up to their mom or their dad and, and like to copy what they're doing, that, that's how you should be with your father God. Watch him. Watch what he does. Watch how he talks. Watch how he interacts with people. And we see that through his word, right? We see that in the person of Jesus Christ. And then Paul tells us to imitate that. And the first manner in which he tells us to imitate it is to walk in love. Love is, is permeates the entire text of Scripture. And it permeates all of history. Because it is love that God shows us. That's why we have hope for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? John 3, 16. It is because of love that he gave his son and it is because of love that Jesus came. Jesus tells us in the gospels that love God and loving people. This is the pinnacle of the law and prophets. You want to, you want to uh, uh, sum up what we, how we should live. You want to sum up what scripture tells us to do. He says it hangs on these two things, love God and love people. And then Paul brings in these, these self-centered conduct in verse 3, right? He says, Immorality, impurity, greed, they must not even be named among you. right? So he's telling us how to walk in love. He says, If you're going to walk in love, these self-centered conducts, these self-centered behaviors, they shouldn't even be named among you because that's exactly what these, these conducts are. They are self-centered. They are selfish immorality, impurity, greed, all of those things it's for my own benefit. It's for my good. It's for what makes me feel good. But Paul says that's that's not that's not how you walk in love. He gives us something else in verse 4. You know, you, you want to walk in love? Don't don't walk in self-centered conduct in verse 3, and in verse 4 don't don't talk shamelessly, right? Don't have this shameless speech. He brings out a few things: filthiness and silly talk, coarse jesting, right? Filthiness—it's shameless talk and conduct. You know, there there are just some things that shouldn't shouldn't see the light of day, right? Foolish talk, stupid words—it's kind of like the literal meaning behind that. Crude joking—this this vulgar joking—it may bring a laugh, but is it God honoring? Is it others honoring? And he tells us that the antithesis to this type of talking is thanksgiving, right? There must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. And this is exactly the message that Paul is getting across here is that gratefulness gets our eyes off of ourselves, right? We are to imitate God. We are to walk in love. And if we're walking in love, we got to get our eyes off, our, off ourselves. Right? The antithesis to walking in love is ver- in verse 3 is self-centered conduct. The antithesis to walking in love in verse 4 is self-centered speech. And how we fight that is with gratitude. Because gratitude, gratefulness, gets our eyes off of ourself. In verse 6, he, he tells us to let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Uh, he's telling us, don't be deceived into thinking that the words that he's bringing here, this warning, are merely empty words. These are not empty words. No, follow Christ, imitate Christ, walk in love, don't be self-centered, don't have selfish speech. Walk in gratefulness. And then he tells us to walk in light, verse 7 through 14. Therefore, Paul says, do not be partakers with them, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. We are, we're told here, Paul begins in verse 7, he's saying, hey, he kind of gives gives us this description in the first half, right, of not walking in love. And then he tells us, don't, don't be partakers with them. Because that's not who you are, right? This is a separation of practice, not of conduct, right? Paul is telling us, don't become partners, don't become fellow sharers in the darkness in which the World walks. It's the same word used in chapter three, verse six, to describe how Gentiles have become partakers in this covenant relationship. Remember, all the way back there, we we talked about how Jesus brought the Gentiles into the covenant. He he makes divided things into one. Well, well, that idea of connection of like joining together is the same thing here. Don't be joined together. Don't be partakers with the workers of darkness. Don't walk in darkness. How many times have we seen that already here in Ephesians? It's right? a separation of practice, not of conduct. Why? Because remember, that's who you used to be. You used to be darkness, but now you are light. Again, in Christ, verse 8, right? You were formerly darkness, but now you are light. In what In who? In the Lord. So walk as children of light. And then verse 9, try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Try to discern, try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. That is, that is a cry of my heart, and I pray that it is a cry of yours as well, that as you walk, as you live, Lord, what is pleasing to you? Lord, what, how can I live my life in a way that is pleasing to you? How can I walk? How can I talk? How can I uh, my interpersonal relationships, how, how can I everything that I do be pleasing to you? This word try, it's it's, it's not a laissez-faire kind of trying. Perhaps it would be better to translate it as as work diligently to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Work diligently. Be diligent. Work hard. Be intentional at discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. And then walk in that. Paul describes for us what our role is in darkness should be. Right. Verse 11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds, but expose them. that is exactly what our role in darkness should be. We're not to take part in darkness. We're to expose the darkness, right? We are light in the Lord, as Paul just said here. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter five, right? You are the light of the world. We are the light of the world through Jesus. And in Jesus, he shines through us. And our role in the darkness is to expose the darkness, not to participate in the darkness, not to ignore the darkness, not to hide from the darkness, not, not to uh, like right, get our, get on our own corners and, oh boy, it's dark out there. We, we, we got to band together. No, we are to go out and we are to expose the darkness with the light of Christ. Paul continues in verse 15 through 21 and tells us to walk in wisdom. Verse 15, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God even the Father and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ Paul is telling us walk carefully right therefore be careful how you walk verse verse 15 walk carefully this this is literally means to walk exactly walk precisely walk accurately the the imagery in my mind is brought up of a tightrope walker. If you've ever seen uh, one of those that you know at a circus or or maybe uh, on a on TV or something, right? They they are very intentional about how they walk. They take every step with intention. They take every step with precision, with accuracy, with exactness. That is exactly what Paul is telling us to do, right? In verse seventeen, he he says. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Just as just as a couple minutes ago, we talked about how working hard and we want to be diligent to please the Lord. Just so here we want to understand what the will of the Lord is. Right. We're walking carefully. We're walking with exactness. We're not just coasting through life. We're not just coasting through through our existence, but we are intentional about how we are walking. We are wise about how we are walking because we want, to, we want to walk in the will of the Lord. We want to walk in the will of the Lord. He tells us to make the best use of our time because the days are evil. Don't Don't drift through life, Paul says. Understand our time here is limited and our influence thus is limited by our time. So we want to make sure that the people around us, our realm of influence, our families, our friends, our, our workplace, we want to make sure that they understand who we are, whose we are, and we want to have an impact on them today because the days are evil. We don't want to waste time. Make the best use of our time. He tells us don't be drunk with wine, right? The, the, the control that it takes over over your body. If you've ever seen someone who is drunk, right? They they've they've lost control. They they're just kind of doing whatever <laughs> whatever they want to do. So Paul tells us don't don't be that, but be filled with the spirit. Allow him, allow the spirit of God to control you. He brings this contrast, right? Don't don't be drunk with wine. Don't allow that those things to control you, but allow the spirit of God to control you. And I want us to notice how the be filled with the spirit is continued with the outworking of spiritual unity and worshiping together. Right? This thought culminates in, in verse 21. He, he tells us, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the spirit. And then what happens as we're filled with the spirit? We're speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We're singing together. We're making melody together with our heart to the Lord. We're always giving thanks for all things, verse 20, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are subject to one another in the fear of Christ. All of that is an outworking of being filled with the Spirit. We can go to Philippians chapter 2. Verse 3-5, through five, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. We, we can just see here how often Paul tells us, and Paul talks to us here in the latter half of Ephesians, be unified, be one, be together, live life together, do life together. And even here we see the outworking of being filled with the Spirit is an outworking of unity and living life together. Not only to living life together, but loving God together. We're singing songs together. We're, we're worshiping God together. We're making melody in our heart to God together. That is an outworking of the Spirit of God. And Paul finally Uh, the next section is is walking in submission, verse 21 through verse 9 of chapter 6. Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Children, verse verse 1 of chapter 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters do the same thing to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their masters and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Paul gives us four areas in our life in which we need to walk in submission. One to another. We are to submit one to another. Wives are to submit to their husbands. Children are to submit to their parents. And employees are to submit to their employers. Do you know how you how you handle your job? Now you handle your handle your boss. That can be pleasing or displeasing to the Lord. It absolutely can. Ultimately, to bring this thing into a close, this portion of Ephesians can be stated as such. This is a loose translation of what we just read in Ephesians. Because Christ has saved you and changed your nature, Your response to his change is to behave like a changed man. This change doesn't happen by itself, nor are you to walk out this change by yourself. You see, this change that Jesus brings to your life causes you to look beyond yourself into the needs of others. When you do that, you become unified. This unity itself is a gift of Jesus, who is victorious at the cross and is even today working to equip us to be successful in walking out this change. He equips us through his servants on the earth. You need to remember that this new life changes your behavior. Keep moving forward. Don't fall back into the behavior you once acted out of. You're not that person anymore. Walk in love. Stop acting selfishly. Walk as the light of God you are, exposing the work of darkness, not participating in them. Walk wisely. The Lord has a path for you to follow. Make sure you know it. As you walk this path set before you, as you live out these new behaviors, it's going to change your relationships. You're going to get along with other people. Your marriage is going to reflect Christ. Your children will learn obedience through your walk. Even those you work with are going to see what a difference you walking in Christ makes. Let people see the change, because as they see the change, they will see Jesus. And that is the point of life. If you are walking the way Christ wants us to, you will be the kind of person people want to submit with. You will be the kind of husband your wife wants to submit to. You'll be the kind of wife your husband will want to sacrifice himself for. You'll be the kind of parent your children will want to obey. So walk in love, walk in light, walk in wisdom, walk in submission. And all of that is how we bring about unity in the body of Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk out these behaviors. Lord, that we would walk in unity, the unity that you have gifted us with. And we would walk in love, we would walk in light, we would walk in wisdom, and we would walk in submission, just as you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.